People Matter, and that's the new title of the series that we're going to be doing in May. Usually in May, um, we do a series about families and things like that. And um, we want to look at God's thoughts and God's perspective of people, humanity. And what we're going to do is, um, over the month of May, we're going to look at different groups of people that God speaks upon in Scripture and hear what God has to say. You know, there's a lot going on in the world at the moment. And there are people that are asking, where is God? Or what does God think about all this? Is there really a God? I wonder what he thinks about me. And so over the next month, we're going to look at different groups and learn more about God's thoughts towards them. Um, I think this is going to be a really exciting series. Um, What's also exciting is we're actually um, going to be inviting some guest preachers to come and share God's word with us, which is always an exciting thing. And so we've got some really exciting um, preachers that are going to be coming and sharing this stage with us. So um, look forward to that as well. Uh, tonight we begin the series with the title, Every Life Matters. Every Life Matters. What does God think about humanity? And the passage we want to go to today is in Psalm 139, verses 1 to 18. Now, Psalm, if you don't know where it is, if you have your Bibles, I know, you know, for most of us, we're just watching the screen, right? So you just, you know, but for some of you, you'd like opening your Bible. If you want to, if you want to know where Psalm is, you just get the Bible, you just open it right in the middle and bang, that should be Psalm. Okay. So Psalm, Psalm, the word Psalm is another word for song. So the book of Psalms is a collection of 150 songs that were written and, and we read the Psalms like passages, like words, but actually these Psalms were meant not to be read, but to be sung. So tonight, I'm going to be singing Psalm 139 to you. Jokes. Okay, that was a joke, okay. Some people started getting really nervous. Um, but we would sing the Psalms. Well, not we would sing the Psalms. The, the Israelites would sing the Psalms just like um, our band... Uh, led us in worship, they would sing these psalms to remind themselves about who God is, about connecting with God, and and learning more about God. Now, there are four parts to this psalm, and so we're going to go through it um, and see what God thinks about us. The the first part, from verse 1 to 6, is titled, A God That Knows Us. We worship a God that knows us. Verse 1, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me, and you know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Now, the author of the psalm paints his beautiful picture of how God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, knows his creation personally. If you look at the language used, it, it shows the concern and interest that, ha- that God has for each and every one of 
us. Language like, you searched me. You know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts. You discern my going out. You are familiar with all my ways. And I love verse 4. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. This is a picture of a God that is deeply invested into knowing the person inside and out. This is a God who is deeply caring and loving for his creation to know them and to know them completely. Even in the most intimate of relationships on earth, we would struggle to use these words to describe them. And yet when it comes to God and his relationship with humanity, this is how he is towards us. He's a God that knows us. Secondly, God, uh, He's a God that is with us. Verse 7 to 12. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. The author of the psalm writes, There is nowhere I can go where you are not already there. To the highest heavens or the deepest oceans, you are there. Even in darkness, even in darkness, it cannot stop you from being present. It cannot hide you. This is a picture of a God that is everywhere, left, right, and center. But it's not just a God that is everywhere physically, but He's a God that is everywhere spiritually, mentally, emotionally. God is where we are. In our greatest joys, but also in our darkest nights, God is there. He is a God that is with us. Thirdly, He is a God that made us. Verse 13 to 16, You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, You, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. These verses talk about the wonder of God's creation process and of how he made us. Now, this is very different. It's a very different question to when kids ask their parents, mom and dad, where do babies come from? Now, that's a very awkward conversation. And most parents would, well, actually, most parents in our church probably haven't had that conversation. So good luck when you get there. But God's explanation is shown right here, that he created us. He created us inside our mother's womb. God was there during conception, God was there during the pregnancy, and God was there during delivery. Verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed body. 
all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. See, not only was God there during the process of creation, but this was all a part of his amazing plan. See, this is one of the things that we need to understand about God is there was nothing random in God's plan. God had this from the beginning. He knew you would be created at this in this season to, to those parents. And he has a purpose for each and every one of us because he has these days planned out. This is a God who lovingly, purposely, wonderfully made you and continues to direct and guide your life in every detail. He is a God that made us. And finally, He is a God that thinks about us. Verse 17 and 18. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I am awake, uh, when I awake, I am still with you. How much does God think about you? Well, the author of the psalm tells us that those thoughts outnumber the grains of sand. Now, one handful of sand, roughly, they say, is about 10,000 grains of sand. That's just one handful. And yet our God, who knows us, who is with us, who created us, he thinks about us this much. Can I just say, nobody thinks about any topic that much in this world. It doesn't matter who you are. Your thoughts do not ever outnumber the, 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 the number of grains of sand that exist in this world. And yet, God says that his thoughts for us, his thoughts for you, outnumber massive number this is our god this is the god that created us the god that's with us the god that knows us and a god that thinks about us all the time friends this is god's heart towards his people it says he's a god that knows us inside and out He's a God that is with us no matter where we are, physically, spiritually, emotionally. He's a God that created us from the beginning, from the beginning of time. You are not some random you know, accident. No, you are part of God's creation. And He's a God that thinks about us. We're on His mind all the time. This is what God thinks about man. Now, recently in America, there was a movement called Black Lives Matter that was sparked out of racial tension between African Americans and Caucasian Americans. Can I just say in God's eyes, all lives matter. All lives matter. Regardless of the way you look. Regardless of where you live. Regardless of who your family is regardless of how smart you are, regardless of how poor you are. To God, all lives matter. This description, this description of, of God's creation, of how he knows 
he knows man and he and he and he and he's present with man and and he made man and he thinks about man that goes across everyone every single person all lives matter to god including you and i and this is the heart of god this is what we need to understand and so the rest of the month we're going to be talking about different groups of people and the bottom line is going to be God loves them and God, it, those people matter to God. See, God knows us. God's with all of us. God created all of us and God is thinking about all of us. This is the heart of God and I hope that you're hearing this in the passage today. But tonight, if you allow me to go one more step, one more step further and I approach this with um, lots of care and love because I know that this is a very sensitive issue but can I just say God also loves unborn lives what does it mean by an unborn life this is a life I'm talking about lives that never made it out of the womb alive this might have been because of a miscarriage might have been because of a stillbirth or it might have been from an abortion. Now, I know. I know that this is a very sensitive issue. Very, very sensitive. And I also know it's a very controversial issue in our society. And there are many of us in our community, whether we've spoken about it or not, that are affected by this. But I want to share with you, because I really believe that God wanted you to know, that God's love and his affection for all people goes also to the ones that didn't make it. See, friends, the Bible teaches us that life does not begin when the baby is out of the mother's womb, but it actually begins inside the mother's womb. I know that there are many different opinions about this in culture, but we believe that this is what Scripture tells us, that life is conceived in the womb, not after. Jeremiah 1.5 Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And as I said, you may or may not disagree with this, and that's okay. Um, but understand that this is not you're not disagreeing or agreeing with me. I'm not presenting you my personal opinion about this. I'm presenting you what I think is the biblical opinion about this, God's opinion about this. And as I said, it is a very hard issue to talk about. But, but I think the thing that we really need to know tonight is this. God knows and God cares. God knows and God cares. As the psalm said, God saw the unformed body. God was there when life was being woven together. It, it was God that knit that life together. Now, people ask the question, what happens to unborn lives? What happens to the unborn babies? Do they go to heaven? Do they go to hell? What happens? Can I tell you? I don't know. That's my honest answer. I don't know. And, you know, I can't explain 
I can't explain to you why some lives make it and some don't. But I know that God does. He knows. And not only does God know, but he cares. And if we really understand the person and the heart of God, we will know, we will know that God cares for all lives, including these ones. I want to address two groups of people tonight. And I do this with real humility in my heart and sensitivity. And so I hope that I don't offend in any way. Not intended. But the first group of people I want to address are to the parents that have lost a child, whether it be through a miscarriage, a stillbirth, or an early death. Can I just tell you, God knows and God cares. When you were going through that experience, God was there with you. God was probably the one that was holding you together. And he's the one that's gotten you through that period of time. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we experienced a, a miscarriage between uh, Chris and Ben, our first and our second son. And um, it was very early in the pregnancy, uh, but still um, it was a, a very difficult time uh, for us. Um, we, we also know that um, there are people in our congregation that have experienced uh, miscarriage. Um, and, and I'm not sure about stillbirth, but definitely miscarriage. And I, I just want to say to you, God knows and God cares. He was there with you. He was there. And why that child didn't make it versus other children that did make it, I, I don't know. But God knows. And even in that moment, God still cared. He knows what you went through. He knows how you were feeling. He knows and he cared for you. He was there during the grieving process and as you experienced that loss. Because God loves not just that child, but God loves you as well. Because you matter. So I want you to know, I want you to know for those parents that have experienced that, that God was there and he's still there with you and for you. And secondly, I want to address those that have experienced abortion, whether it be yourself, whether it be your partner or someone you know. I really believe that God wants you to know tonight that he knows no one else might know. You might have hid this deep down. You know, this might have been decades ago. And you might be thinking, no one knows. And I, can I say, God knows. But it's not that God knows and therefore he will judge you. No, he knows and he still cares for you. Can you hear that tonight, please? Um. You know, I don't need to go into the details of what happened. You know, and I don't need for you to replay those things as well. But what you need to know is that even in that moment, 
even in that moment, God knew how difficult that was for you. You know, it, it's not a decision that can be made lightly, but it's, and, and I know that there's a lot of shame and a lot of guilt involved. And, you know, this is something, you know, that's not really talked about a lot outside the church, let alone inside the church. You know, there's still a lot of taboo around this this topic. And so I, I do approach this um, very carefully. But as I've been saying, for you that have experienced this and gone through this, God wants you to know that he knows and he cares. You might have kept it in the dark. You might have made that choice. But as scripture says, even that darkness will not be dark for our God. Don't think that because of that, you know, because of of the decisions that you made, that God chose to walk away. God has never chosen to walk away from us. Because it's not just the unborn life that matters to God, but it's your life too. You matter to God as well. How you feel, how you felt, what you were going through, the burden of that decision, the consequences of that, the physical, emotional, spiritual, psychological. God God knew, God knows, and still God cares. He was there with you, he's there with you now. If you've experienced either of these and you need some help and support, um, please reach out to us. Please reach out to us so that we can help you. We might not be able to help you um, personally, but we're connected with with, uh, very good organizations that provide support um, for, for the things that you've gone through. And I just say, our church is not here to condemn you. We're not here to sit on the judge's seat to, to morally judge you. We're here to support you. And we're here to help you to get support. We're here to love you. So please, if that's something that you've gone through or you have experienced, um, if we can help please reach out because we would love to help. Friends, all lives matter to God. And it's because all lives matter to God that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross to pay the penalty for the sin of all people, of all humanity. And then he rose again and he defeated death and showed us the way to eternal life, showed us all humanity the way to eternity. And he did this because you matter to God. You matter to God. God knows you. God knows you so well. He probably knows you. No, not probably. He knows you better than you know yourself. God is with you all the time. 
even though we might not think that. He is with you all the time through thick and thin and even in your darkest days, he is with you. God created you. He saw you in the womb. He's the one that knit you together and planned out and gave you a purpose in this life. And God thinks about you all the time. Even right now, it doesn't matter where you're at, God, you're on God's mind right now. But the one thing that he doesn't do for us is to force us to love him. See, that's a choice. See, you matter to God. That's what scripture tells us over and over again. I keep I feel like I'm repeating myself. You matter to God. But what about the other side of that equation? Does God matter to you? How can there be a relationship that is really only one way? Well, they can't. See, God invites you back into relationship with him through his son Jesus, that, that whoever believes in him will have everlasting life with God, with the Father. Friends, nobody loves you like our God. Nobody cares about you like our God. Nobody thinks about you like our God. He will always be with you. He waits for you, even right now, to choose him, to go to him, to be drawn to him. But he will never force you. He will never force that decision because of his love for you. Friends, I, I pray that tonight as we start this series, that you would understand the heart of God. And as you understand and learn more about the heart of God and how he thinks about people, that we would be drawn to God. We will be drawn to his love and affection towards you. Because you matter to him. You matter to him. Let's pray.